Hello and welcome to Direct Relief News. I'm your host, Amory Garafanelli. On this episode of the podcast, those experiencing homelessness are some of the most vulnerable to COVID-19. They're also some of the hardest to reach with vaccines. What are the barriers and how are providers overcoming them? People who are homeless urgently need the COVID-19 vaccine, but getting it to them is hard. So at the moment, we've been doing loads of COVID vaccinations outreach. Tasia Thompson is a project worker at Groundswell, a UK-based organization that connects those experiencing homelessness with healthcare services. So we're going to lots of hostels, temporary accommodation, also going to people on the streets um, to ask them if they want to be vaccinated. So we're very, very busy at the moment. Lots going on. Thompson got involved with the organization after years of homelessness. About five, six years ago, I had myself a a nice mental breakdown um, due to stresses of work, stresses of life. Um, Never, ever thought that I would ever be in that situation. I was one of them people who was always like, that will never be, that won't happen. I have enough support. It, It can't happen. You can have the greatest support and still have a moment where things don't connect correctly for you. Mm, wow. So what would you say is the biggest barrier to vaccination? The biggest barrier is, I believe, the fear from social media. That has not been helped. Um, we have lots of different sites that are telling people all different news and um I'm very sorry. Do you want me to stop? Because that lovely police car. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I'll have you start over. You can tell we're in London. Yeah, sorry. We may get that again. Yeah, you can tell we're in London. Okay, sorry. I'll start again. So basically misinformation. Thompson says it's rampant. Our main barrier is the fact that we have lots of social media, lots of internet sites giving information which may not be correct So people have read all different horror stories. People have been told that they're going to have a chip put in them or that that they're doing this because it's a big scheme to to do something. And that's that's our hardest thing is trying to get across to people that, yes, we may be coming from the health side and working with the doctors, but we understand their fears and we've all been there and we've done our research and here is what we've got to show you to be able to say, don't panic so much because that's the hardest thing. Like social media has caused a massive stir with this jab. Dina Purcell is also no fan of vaccines, but even she has made an exception. I mean, I'm an anti-vaccinator. I had the vaccine. Purcell is a homeless healthcare navigator at Groundswell. Like Thompson, she was homeless for years before getting involved at the organization. I thought, how can I go and encourage people if I haven't had it myself and I'm a bit fearful? Because I was very anxious. It's a new new vaccine. We don't know much about it. But then I, I talked to a local doctor who we call GP service over here. 
And he, re you know, listening to him has actually made me want to have the vaccination because he explained to me what the vaccination does. He explained to me what the virus does, you know, and the implications if you don't have it are quite severe. So that encouraged me. And now I've took it, you know, it's making me more, obviously, much more confident in, in trying to encourage others. Yeah. In addition to misinformation, she says it's difficult for many to prioritize their health. I mean, a lot of them have got good intentions. You know, they do want to have the vaccine, but a lot of them are unable to um, get to that point because a lot of people, you know, being homeless in itself is such a big obstacle. Um, not only have they got homeless, you know, and to be quite honest, a lot of people who are homeless, um, their their health is their last concern, you know. Um, their health doesn't come first, you know, to be quite honest. And it's their health that suffers a lot when they are homeless, uh, mental health, physical health. Um, so a lot of people have got fear and anxiety, so they've got addictions. A lot of people self-medicate. You know, I don't want to think about that, you know. And obviously now, you know, people have to think, about, they've not only got themselves to think about. And we're trying to encourage people, you know, well, all, the, all, the, all your friends and your peers and your families. And, you know, you need to keep everybody safe, you know, not just yourself. Throughout the pandemic, this line of reasoning has been used to encourage adherence with public health measures. Wear a mask to protect not only yourself, but those around you. Get vaccinated to slow the spread in your community. Public health officials have called upon individuals to put the interests of society before their own. But for those experiencing homelessness, many of whom feel alienated by society, this may not be the most effective approach. I feel a lot with um, the, like people that are homeless, they feel a little bit like no one probably really cared before. So why do you now need me to come along and do something? There's the, it always feels like there's a bit of a hidden agenda behind it. Especially for some people, they don't they don't have a doctor's a registered doctor. They don't because they don't want to be attached to the system. And so it feels a little bit like for some people that they're being made to be part of this system, and that there's very much a big scam behind all of it so that's so they feel like they're being asked by this system which they feel hasn't given them anything or hasn't helped them they're being asked by the system to re return some favor that's never been you know given to them yeah like yeah, it's um, like, oh, here you go. We haven't done anything for you, but now we want to give you this vaccine and we want all your details, please. And it's like, you didn't help me last week when I needed to go and see someone because I had a an abscess on my arm or my mental health. You left me then. But because now this is a global, we have to look as if we're doing the correct thing. And it is. People do feel very much like that. They're just like, no, I'm not having it. I'm not. I'm not going to do that. To better understand the roots of this skepticism, I spoke with homelessness expert Dr. Elizabeth Bowen. She's an associate professor at the University of Buffalo School of Social Work. You study homelessness. You, you're an expert on homelessness. Can you tell me kind of what that means? To study and to be an expert on homelessness? Yes. Um, well, I 
say I'm certainly not an expert on every aspect of homelessness. Um, it is my area of research as a social work professor. So I have a background in providing homeless services and specifically working in permanent supportive housing. So helping people transition from homelessness into supportive housing programs that provide subsidized housing and a variety of supportive services. So it's that background that drives my interest in homelessness and I do research on issues related to homelessness and especially homelessness and health. So looking at how being homeless affects people's health in different ways and how transitioning from homelessness into housing can have an impact on different kinds of health conditions. She says many individuals' past experiences give them reason to distrust authority. It's really a given that trauma goes along with homelessness. Many people that are homeless have experienced various types of trauma prior to becoming homeless, as well as trauma while being homeless. And that can be in the form of violence that occurs to people physically, mentally, um, emotionally, and psychologically, sexually, while being homeless and while living on the street or in other unstable housing situations. And sometimes that trauma is from other people. Um, Sometimes that trauma may come specifically from authority figures, from police and from other people that are in various positions of authority. So because this is such a new issue of vaccinations and COVID COVID vaccinations and homelessness, it is not that well researched at this point, but I would think that these issues of trauma and specifically with people in authority are going to come up often as a barrier that people that are homeless may not trust people who are saying to get a vaccine and they have good reasons not to trust people in authority. That was the case for Purcell. She became homeless when she was 16 and from then on she was either living on the streets or in prison. She began using drugs to cope. I felt alienated by everybody, but then that was partly probably my fault, you know. Um, I did, somebody did try and support me, you know, but it's a very difficult to explain. When you're homeless, you've lost all hope, you know, you're at the end of the road, you're probably self-medicating because you don't want to think about all the crap that's going on, you know, all the rubbish that's going on around you. Um, so that is your only, the only thing you're thinking about is to get away from that horrible place, that horrible space. So if you're self-medicating, you know, you don't want anyone to come and try and help you. You really don't. So that was probably one of my downfalls, not accepting all the support that I probably could have had, you know, and lack of trust as well. Yeah, it's hard to trust people. Yeah. You know, if you, you know, when especially when you're homeless and maybe you've been let down by one person, you know, in your life or in services, it's very hard to build that trusting relationship again. Um, yeah, it's really difficult. Now, Purcell has been in stable housing and drug-free for 19 years. She's been volunteering at homeless charities for over 20 Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. You can find Direct Relief News on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Till next time, I'm Amarika Raffanelli.